Yeah, you know, Beto O'Rourke was in Las Vegas uh, um, uh, when this shooting in El Paso happened. Um, yeah, so um, do you guys think he went right back home to be with his family and his people and his community? I don't know. Maybe I couldn't judge that. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, yeah, so that obviously looks really bad, right? Laughing, laughing, laughing during this press conference which really um, wasn't that much. I shouldn't do that because I use the word um a lot. Anyways, I try to be very conscious of it. That's not the point. You know, just watching it again in the context of him being a total narcissistic, psychotic American, treasonous American, um, you see, um, uh, I was like, oh, you know, maybe he wasn't laughing at how diabolical and how evil and how tragic and how sad. Because some people were like, he's a demon. And that's why he's laughing, right? That's how, anyways, anyways. Um, I thought maybe the reason why he was laughing is because he's like, oh shit, you know, my fans are going to be like, Beto doesn't know what to say and, and doesn't know how to talk and it's embarrassing. And, oh, you know, yeah, I'm imperfect too, right? It, it, I don't know. It's just, who would do that? Unless they were just so self-involved with whatever reason it made him laugh. But either way, I mean, it was not as bad as the Sandy Hook parents, guys. That was bad, okay? I mean, at least he was hungover from the night before. So it looked like, you know, his eyes were all moist with sadness and, uh, you know, cloudy, right? It probably wasn't, you know, any of the drinking or adrenochrome or anything like that, right? His eyes are like that. The Sandy Hook parents were bad, okay? And I'm not saying Sandy Hook wasn't real, but uh, the parents really were laughing on TV and then literally struggling to look sad and cry, right? That whole thing about internalizing emotions so that this way you can exhibit them in action. You either got it or you don't, right? And I don't know why those parents then needed to do that unless um, their segment of the tragedy was not 100% true. Anyways, we'll leave that there, ladies and gentlemen. We're not here to talk about Sandy Hook or anything else in that context. Uh, but that, as they say, ladies and gentlemen, is that. And I thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of The Sea Report, our Memorial Day episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, I apologize for coming on late today. I should be on earlier tomorrow. We're talking like, you know, the dinner time hours, six, seven o'clock, somewhere right in there. So, you know, if you want to catch us live, th there's a heads up on that. Oh, actually, I take it back. I take everything back. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow at two in the afternoon. So maybe I will be seeing you guys here again about eight or nine o'clock central time again. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but hey, at least I still managed to give you just about three hours. And I think it was quality. But that's just, I'm biased, right? Anyways, guys, if you're watching this over at Rumble or at Clout Hub or at Twitch, please make sure you follow and subscribe. Please give us a thumbs up. Give us a rumble. Uh, I will get more clips on the shows coming out in case there were any points or, you know, any moments that you would like to share on your social platforms. Um, please do so. Uh, so I will be clipping out more. Uh, so this way it's digestible nuggets of information and or however it is that you perceive my show to be. Uh, but please do share whether it's a good review or a bad review. You know what I say? 
And uh, you can follow me over at Truth Social at Mr. C TV. That's MRC TV and Gab at MR underscore CTV. Go ahead and check out the CReport.com. Uh, it's brand new and raring and ready to go. I'm quite satisfied with its, uh, its look now and the flow of it. Um, so I think you guys will too. I think you guys will like it a lot. I think on the website uh, side of things, Mr. C, Mr. C TV, the C report is ready to go. Okay. That level, uh, the C report.com go and check it out. Make sure you check out the podcast. If you have a Spotify, if you have any other major podcasting or, uh, radio, um, radio, um, uh, apps where you can hear podcasts, look up the C report. We're on most, if not all of them, except for iHeartRadio, and you can get the rendition of tonight's show on the podcast in case you're taking me on the go. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to skedaddle. It's already the midnight hour, and uh, it's been quite a day. And like I said, got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. So with that said, guys, as always, be safe, be blessed. Thank you for being here again. And God bless America. We'll see you next time. Take care until then. Ah, 2020, ladies and gentlemen, 2020 was such a promising year. It was such, it was such a, an anxious year as uh, we got ready to uh, find out if we had exactly what it took to get past that finish line and into a second term of President Trump's um, office. Yeah, it was a test, ladies and gentlemen. It was a test. And, um, you know, just listening to that last video right there, um, that segment, that kind of uh, segued us away from President Trump's Memorial Day speech in uh, Arlington, Virginia, uh, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. Um the words spoken, right? I, I don't think that another president in recent history will have and has had so many influential speeches um, that are indeed heartfelt. Now, I don't think it's the uh, ability of acting, you know, because actors, in order to be effective, they really, really need to know how to internalize and then to exhibit or put on display all of those emotions with the meanings and the thoughts and the the inflections and the undertones and the pitch and the modulation tones is so natural. I, I would dare say if President Trump did not write some, if not most, if not all of those speeches himself, and he, he probably didn't, to be honest, right? Um, that um, they definitely represent words that um, he understands and has a deep meaning towards him. No other president has written speeches like that. And again, I'm just talking about the one that we just saw in that segment, ladies and gentlemen. Um, And I, I think, of course, and maybe perhaps you all will agree with me, is that the reason why those speeches were so effective is because they went to a place that no other president has gone to in, uh, man, what, two decades maybe? Maybe more, maybe not since JFK, right? Uh, where their intention 
the job that they have to do, the work they need to perform in order to ensure that the power gets back to the people, the republic gets restored, and whatever forces there are that have caused all of the country and its, its a purpose to go off sway um, are destroyed or are stopped. Did any other president have a real meaning for that before Donald Trump and after JFK? Yeah, you know, so, I mean, very, he was going places that none of the other presidents in between were going. Maybe Reagan, you know, but uh, the resolve in those words, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I think is probably why that's one of my favorite, uh, favorite clips of a President Trump kind of tribute, you know. And uh, just touching on all of those elements, um, all of the growth, the progress, the development, the strength that has been acquired throughout the decades of this country's um, experiment, because that is what it has been referred to. Now, how can a nation that's intentional be an experiment? And that's almost as if to say uh, it was allowed to occur just to see if man could do it. Now, who is asking whether or not man can do it? Could it be the kings and the queens? Could it be the bankers that control them? Could it be whatever powers handle the bankers? Okay, we'll let America happen. We'll let these men see if they can do it. It's the great experiment. I always wondered why do they why did they refer to America as a great experiment when the founding fathers and the pilgrims or anyone who came over here uh, and and then of course when we're talking into the formation of you know the states the, the original colonies, if they did it intentionally. If their purpose was to create a nation that was sovereign, that was liberated, that was free, that was self-governed and self-determined, why would you call that an experiment? Because we hadn't seen anything like that. What? You mean you're not going to rule under a theocracy? Wait, what? You mean you're not going to rule under, um, you know, a, a, a queenhood or a kinghood? An empire? What do you mean? So the naysayers, you know, they, they probably did call that the experiment. It probably was them and whomever it was that was behind them in the shadows that referred to this country, this nation, this land, and these people as such. And uh, 250 year, years plus more. And uh, here we are. I mean, what's the, uh, what's the shelf life on an experiment turned into an actual product? Well... And I say product as in, as in the um, outcome of a production, of a work, of a force, not as in something that we're going to sell, obviously, you know. But, well, you know, we are still here, guys. We are still here. And uh, we couldn't be here, of course, if we did not have those men and women who were brave enough, courageous enough selfless enough with an understanding that I'll admit is far deeper than I have, you know, myself, um, because they 
They went to the call. They signed up for it. They knew in their heart, in their soul, somewhere in there, that that was their purpose. And that's not for everybody. That's not for everybody. I come from, you know, an apolitical family. You know, I, I did not have any type of awakening towards national pride, uh, patriotism at all. You know, my entire youth, it was just, it was back of mind totally. It wasn't even in the mind. It was totally irrelevant. It was as if though it weren't even there. You know, I never had an understanding or an appreciation for what this country represents to the rest of the world, but more importantly to myself until much, much later in life, you know, and I'm talking like even after I was awake, right? Even after I was awake, even after I understood or understood at least what we're allowed to understand as accurately as we can, how things were going, you know, a deeper understanding than your average American, right? Even much after that, didn't really appreciate what our country really truly represents and really and truly symbolizes for the entirety of humanity on this planet. And 250 years plus, again, that symbol would have fallen had it not been for those men and women who put their lives on the line and in some instances lost their lives in order to ensure this grand experiment prevailed. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you into a late night edition of the Sea Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome on this Memorial Day, Monday, May 30th, 2022. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidis, and, uh, Thank you again for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I do apologize for the late hour. I realize those who catch the replay and those who um, catch us on the podcast, it will make no matter <laughs> as far as the time goes. But for uh, but for my constant audience and for those of you who are always, uh, um, you know, checking out the show, tuning in, uh, I thank you again for being here and for uh, for your grace with my, you know, absolutely um, crazy schedule, right? <laughs> crazy schedule you know crazy schedule mr c when are you going to have a consistent showtime well they say consistency is key and we'll get there we will again get there right actually i should do a great experiment right now but i'm gonna keep the experiment to myself sorry i don't even know why i said it anyways guys yeah memorial day um you know i i, I played the uh president trump speech in uh virginia arlington because um, the last Memorial Day, uh, the first Memorial Day I was on the air, I played, I played his first speech. So this, I think was the second speech, Memorial Day speech. So, you know, just, uh, just, just a way by a tribute, because like I said, you know, what other presidents have we known in our lifetimes? Now, maybe some of you guys have known some in your lifetimes, but in my lifetime anyways, um, where the man truly reflected that which we, at least, um, or at least I, um, you know, that I uh, resonate with. And um, like I said, you know, so someone could say, you know, well, you know, Donald Trump was an actor. Of course, he knows how to read lines. Of course, he knows how to use genuine inflections, etc., etc., etc. 
Um, I dare say, you know, um, I dare say that, uh, I mean, you know, Barack Obama is an actor. Illegitimate Joe is an actor. You know, Clinton and Bush were all actors. And they probably would have taken a speech like his Memorial Day speech. And, you know, even the one that we uh, listened to in the uh, in-between here would never have even given such a speech. And if they did, they wouldn't even know how to deliver it. Unless they, of course, they were talking about their version of America. Because then they know how important that is, ladies and gentlemen. They know how important that is. Um, So, you know... I just, uh, I, and I'm pretty sure many of you all out there in the audience can relate to that, right? Um, you guys can relate to, you guys can relate to uh, that type of feeling, right? That resonated with you listening to what President Trump would say. And I don't think it's the little, like the music, the ambient music in the background either. Although that could be part of it. Uh, but like I said, n- not many, not any other presidents were speaking the way he was speaking with with a genuine appreciation and acknowledgement of what has brought us up to this point. And then two, not only that, but but the hope of what was to come. Not hope, hope, we need hope, hope, hope. If, 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 if we have hope, right? Not like Obama and dreams of his daddy, right? Not that kind of hope, right? That's the kind of hope that you use to make a sales pitch. That's the kind of hope that you use uh, to uh, have some type of a branding, right? That's all that. That's all that hope was for Obama. It was hope that these Americans believe my branding. That was what Obama and his hope was all about. Um, President Trump doesn't have to use the words hope because. There's something there's something a little bit more deep than hope when you're listening to someone who is just expressing, you know, expressing the possibilities that are standing at our doorstep on the threshold of where we can go, not only as a country, not only as an individual, but also as an entire world. You know, so, you know, like I had a lot of things, you know, it was, you know, it's a kind of, I guess, you know, it was kind of like one of those musing types of days today. Got on a little bit late, uh, was very busy with a bunch of different things. Um, but yeah, you know, otherwise, other than that, it was, you know, actually a little bit reflective, uh, getting, um, what was, oh, oh get, yeah, uploading the, uh, uploading the two latest podcasts, you know, it's like on Saturday, um, Saturday, we did a post rally um, conversation, uh, here at Mr. CTV, uh, it was myself and Java, uh, because, you know, President Trump had a rally over in Casper, Wyoming, right? Trying to get the ghosts out. And, uh, moo boy, I mean, you know, I made every attempt to get here on time, but, you know, I was with family and, uh, I think I'd let you guys know about that beforehand. I had Java on, you know, he was waiting to go, like, to join me over on What is going on with you? You say I'm plugged in. Sorry, just one moment. Uh, It appears my monitor computer is uh, dying. There we go. There we go. Okay, better. Anyhow, uh, so yeah, I had Java waiting in the wings, ready to go. And uh, man, got, uh, 
mountain time, ladies and gentlemen, first of all. But, you know, he, he was 40 minutes late to his scheduled um, speech on Saturday. I don't know if any of you guys realize that. He was scheduled to speak at 5 p.m., no, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, which is 5 p.m. Central Time, which is 6 p.m., right? 6 p.m. Eastern Time, something like that. And uh, as we were leaving the restaurant at 5.40, I was like, and I, I looked to see what was going on um, during the live stream. I was like, you know, the, he's probably already doing his speech. They, he was not even on. I was like, what? I was like, it's 5.40. He was supposed to have been on almost an hour ago. And yet somehow I still managed not to get there, I think, until about 20 minutes to about 30 minutes towards the end. But anyhow, um, afterwards, we did because I missed the entire rally, basically. Uh, and you guys, I'm sh I know, you know, most of my audience found a way to see it. it's not like if Mr. C's not there. They're not going to be able to uh, catch uh, catch the words of the president and and all the other speakers and Casper. Why I have not even gone back to see how. Harriet Hagman did. I'd like to see her speak. You know, she looks like a very interesting uh, individual to me. But, but um, we had a really, really good conversation post-rally, myself in Java. Highly recommend, I, and I'm not just saying I recommend because, you know, um, I, I was a participant in said conversation. Um, I recommend it because, you know, as long as I've been doing live streaming and broadcasting and podcasting, you know, if you were to add up everything I've done, you know, I would be somewhere, I don't know, north of 500, south of a thousand different broadcasts, right? We're at like, what, 312 here with the C Report, add in Lone Star News, add in C in the Dark, add in the personal podcast, add in all the podcasts I did with Q&A holes. Um, add in uh, uh, various other podcasts throughout the time, add in live streams and podcasts of the poetry that I do. I mean, I've done several different productions in podcasting. That one on Saturday was probably one of the best conversations I've ever participated in uh, throughout all of the podcasting and live streaming that I've done. Um, so like, you know, if you guys want to go check it out, you know, if you're over on the foxhole, you can go check it out at the Mr. C channel. Uh, it's up on rumble. It's up at clout hub. Um, so I would say, and we all, I also uploaded it to the podcast today. And you know, that's what I was doing earlier on in the day. Uh, in, in addition to, um, posting the new website. So the creport.com has a brand new splash page. It's streamlined. It looks, it looks cleaner. I, I like the way it looks a thousand times more than the previous um, rendition of it. So, you know, I, I'd say, hey, go check it out. Let me know what you think about it, thecreport.com. It'd be good to hear from you guys. Um, the phone version is actually better than the previous phone version, but it's not as good as the internet laptop computer version of it, the website version of the uh, of the creport.com. But anyways, it's ready. It's done. You know, I was like, I, I started it like, what, on Thursday or something? I was like, I'm going to get done by this weekend. And I did. And uh, well, latest today, because there was a lot of back work I had to do. I had to, I cleaned up a lot of other things, a lot of other things, uh, particularly when I'm talking about the resources page. It was just uh, the earlier rendition of it was not realistic if I wanted to maintain a timely and efficient website. 
and I needed to change it because I'm the only one doing this stuff. And so uh, I ran out of time. You, but honestly, I don't even know if I would trust anyone else to do this. I, was, I ain't gonna give you any of my passwords. What you talking about? I don't need a personal assistant. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, guys, so yeah, all that. But um, in posting Saturday's post-rally conversation with Java and was, was able to re-listen to it, man, uh, a lot of information across the board, but you know, uh, the entire thought of um, those who have made sacrifices for our country, you know, those who've made sacrifices for their family and their friends and for me and for you uh, was, was one of the topics that we touched on. And I don't even know how we got into it, right? Um, but it was, um, it, was, it, it, was, it was very striking to me in retrospect um, and I was like, wow, I can't even believe I was saying those things, right? You know, but I mean, obviously, I mean, I said them and, you know, that has to deal with where we stand, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not trying to not make this about those who have fallen, because obviously we will always honor and remember our veterans and those who are currently serving and those who are in reserves and especially those who died in service and protection in honor of our country, our rights, our liberties, and that which makes us unique from any other country in this world, even though we understand on the underlying, right, we are only free on paper, you know, if you guys catch my drift, but we're not going to get into that realistic point of view just now while I am trying to wax poetically about those who have fallen uh, because symbolically what the holiday, Memorial Day represents, you know, is very important. You know, it's like um, when uh, I was sharing with you guys about going to um, the American Freedom Tour and there was an individual who was speaking. Uh, his name was Ron White. And I was like, oh, well, they got the, they got the comedian here. Well, wow, I wonder how this is going to go, right? And uh, it ended up being not Ron White the comedian, but Ron White, the memory guy, you know, and, and the way that he celebrated and honored and remembered the fallen was by uh, a project that he did, wherein he, by memory, wrote down the name and uh, the rank of every single soldier who died during the Afghanistan war in the order that they died. Okay, and that was his way of doing it. it. Took him a 50 50 feet worth of marble wall that he would, you know, do an exhibit, right? Like on Memorial. I wouldn't doubt that he did an exhibit today, right? For Memorial Day where he would write down in order of death the name and the rank of every single American that perished for us even though if you want to get technical, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're going to be like, it was for the poppy fields and it was for, you know, take over Afghanistan, whatever. Okay, we get it. We get the cynics, we get the realistic cynic point of view, but essentially, because they didn't know that that's what they were going over there for, they knew that they were going over there to uh, help their country, help their countrymen and to defend our nation. That's what they knew when they signed up, when they were deployed. They didn't know the reality of it until after they were there. But that, that's what I'm saying. The point of what was really going on over there is not the point. The point is their intentions and their motivations for taking that step. 
and in doing so sacrificing their lives. You know, as they said, two lives, you know, not just their life, but also the life they had and any other dream or possibility that would have gone with that life had they not, um, had they not been so selfless enough as to participate in that um, protection, you know, and in that honor and in that duty. So anyhow, yeah, Ron White, guys, Ron White, not the act, not the actor comedian, but the memory guy. So yeah. Uh, and what a way to honor. I mean, well, you know, he's the memory guy. So all 2,401, I'm sure is nothing for him. <laughs> But anyways, guys, anyways, so, you know, the the whole thing about it is, though, you know, kind of bringing it back a little bit, is that if we have those that, like I said, I will never understand what it takes, or I may never have the understanding of someone who serves in our armed forces, who either has a sense of duty or the sense of selflessness enough to willingly engage in that type of activity. What type of activity? In the activity of protecting your nation and our rights, you know? Um, I know, you know, throughout the decades, throughout the centuries, whatever, some people do it for various, some people do it for very selfish reasons, like to get an education. But you know what? You deserve it, you know? Why not give them an education or help them in some other, like, you know, trade aspect or something like that? Because after all, they assisted in serving our country and protecting our rights and and allowing me to just do whatever I wanted to do, you know? I, I don't think I would ever really understand that unless we were at a point where it was necessary, you know? Because then I would know exactly how I feel about that, you know? Would I be, like, shaking in my boots scared and like apprehensive against the idea of going into combat or going into war? Or would I take up that mantle and that shield and that sword, if you want to get metaphorical, and walk out that door with my chest held high and my shoulders back and my head cocked up, ready to help my brothers and sisters in this nation, you know? So I don't want to qualify whether or not, uh, you know, these people were brave or were selfless, you know, because I don't, I could, I don't, at this point, I could not say I could understand that. All I could do is honor them, you know, which is why, you know, today was um, just one of those days, right? One of those days. Because when I think about what they have done, you know, and when I think about how they have sacrificed themselves, and their families have made those sacrifices, you know, and anyone else that was closely or intimately connected and or associated with them, um, because that takes their story away from their lives, right? The chapter in a person's life is taken out when that in that individual, when an individual in that person's chapter goes to war or goes to combat, you know. I mean, really, there's no t- telling where that segment of the story will go. You know, it could go so many various ways. Um, But that's where I I really think about, well, what can we do, right? And and, uh, how should we, um, how should we exhibit 
that those actions, right? And those feelings. And, you know, it was, I mentioned it, we mentioned it on Saturday, right? You know, and really, you know, I, that's why I believe like the best thing that we can do, right? At this point, whether we're here by incident or not, right? Whether we're here by intention or not, you know, um, whether we served or not, you know, and I would say those who have served, well, they've already done their part. And if they want to keep on going, then, hey, more power to you. Um, they already did, they already did the toughest part of the job and that's the kinetic part. That's the showing up and doing it part. But the rest of us, or I, okay, don't let me, don't let me include you all in this. Okay. Cause I don't want it to be personal. Like for me, um, uh, you know, maintaining, um, maintaining a positive outlook, you know, um, not giving up, not surrendering, do, doing as much as I can, um, sharing as much information as I can in my understanding, you know, being as honest with you guys as possible. Um, those are the things I feel like I can do, you know, um, right now. And, and I should not relent on, right? Like, why should we have, and, and it's gonna happen, obviously. Everyone has their, you know, rainy days, you know, but for people who went out into war and into combat and stuff like that, the, I, I just feel like the least we could do is maintain our faith and integrity, you know, and not give up and not succumb to negative or pessimistic or even pragmatic notions. Because at the end of the day, how would it feel to be in combat and have half of your battalion saying, well, we always lose the war. So, you know, it's, we're just going to end up losing anyways. Right. Oh, 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 the bad guys always win. So what's the point? Right. I mean, it's so defeatist. And if they can be there in mind and in body and in spirit on that battlefield and they can take it to, and they are there with that purpose. Why is it that we who are not even experiencing the kinetic cannot even have the strength of mind, spirit, and soul to at least put that victorious step forward and walk with confidence, knowing that in the end, we will win, okay? And that means knocking out every sense of reality or pragmatism, right? No more of this, uh, it's going to get worse before it gets better bullshit. I think that that is a cop-out line, ladies and gentlemen. You will never hear President Trump say something like that. He will never say, well, it's going to get worse. Now, he said that with respect to, or with respect to illegitimate Joe being in office. He was like, if Joe gets in, it's going to get worse. But the, you know, the, the best things are to come, you know? But that wasn't him saying that um, we may face defeat, patriots. That was them saying, well, be prepared, patriots, because it's going to get worse when illegitimate Joe gets into office. It's almost as if, though, he were getting us ready for it, okay? Make no mistake, patriots, when illegitimate Joe is in office, you know, uh, inflation's gonna be crazy, uh, you know, uh, food short. he never said food shortages, you know, but that was clearly down the pipeline, right? Clearly down the pipeline, you know, uh, supply, supply chain problems, you know, inflation can be a very big part of, uh, supply chain issues, whether that's because there's a choke in the supply chain, like literally, or because 
there is nothing to help it flow to Main Street, you know? There's no capital, you know? Because the capital's so out of control that all of those commodities have just skyrocketed in value because the currency has no buying power, okay? So very, very, very discernible, right? You know, economics 201 or 102 or whatever. And it's not quite 101, especially when there's a whole bunch of misinformation and disinformation about economics work. Or can we, I guess we should just say economical preferences, right? Do you want to take the one that kills your, uh, kills your currency's value, but you know, you have an infinite amount of it? Uh, or do you want to use one that is commodity-based, but it's finite, and uh, try not to pay attention to the fact that if you needed to turn on fiat for a little bit, you could, and then just turn it off and then allow the commodity-based currency to eat up the debt. Might take a decade, you know, maybe less, but it's been done before, right? But no one talked about option number three, right? No one talked about option number three. Anyways, we're not talking about economics, right? <laughs> we're not talking about economics. But anyways, guys, yeah, so uh, that's just how I feel, you know, um, for the sake of morale, for the sake of morale, it's not hopium, right? It's not wrong. I mean, it's not wrong to be realistic, you know, but consider one's tone, uh, consider one's delivery, consider one's a method of expressing the idea of reality, right? Because really people show a lot about themselves and the way they view life really in that in that moment, that moment, when you're looking at two sides of the coin, when you're looking at that glass in front of you, that's half full, says a lot about someone's personality, you know, and that's not judgment speaking, right? That's not judging anyone's personality. We're all individual, beautiful people, right? But, um, you know, when you're at war, do you want someone who is pessimistic and dreary? And they, I mean, they can say it's because they're being realistic, but really think about the morale. It's so important. It's so important towards reaching our goal, right? Towards winning this war, not just a battle or two, but the overall procedure is so important. Um, I don't even need to go into the scientific stuff about, you know, um, uh, one's perception and how one uh, speaks and stuff like that and how they express and share, you know, intonation to uh, whatever words it is that we decide to use when we are expressing ourselves in any regard already have a specific signature of energy just based on how and what we say, you know, just based on how and what we say. And that, and of course, that is empowered by our meaning and our intention. Very much so, you know, is why besides from the uh, cinematic music behind like a Trump speech like that, uh, like we listened to in that interim, um, can be so moving, you know, and I get it. Most of it is the cinematic music, but no, you know, if you listen to that voice track, that vocal track naked, you can hear it in his voice, you know. You can hear it in its voice. It's not phoned in. It's not, uh, it's not pre-recorded. It's not uh, well rehearsed. I mean, if it is, you know, it's a, it's a pretty damn believable 
piece, I would say, you know. It takes a certain skill set to be able to do that. A lot of people, including a lot of our current politicians, do not have the ability to truly internalize what it is that they are expressing unless they actually mean it. And those are the best ones. Those are the best speeches, the best moments. Always, 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 you know. Even better if their teleprompter goes off, ladies and gentlemen, because then you really get the true essence of what it is that they are trying to say, because they have to speak extemporaneously. They have to speak off the cuff. They have to speak in a stream of consciousness, ladies and gentlemen. That's why I struggle sometimes, because I total stream of consciousness whenever I'm with you all. And, uh... Sometimes it's hard to get the meaning out of my head. Remember I told you guys my synapses don't always work. Anyways, so, um, so you know, Memorial Day episode today at almost the close of the day, guys. I'm glad you could be here with us or with me, with you all, with all of us here uh, over at Foxhole Pilled, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub. Uh, if you are watching this episode from any of those platforms, please make sure that you follow and subscribe. Um, and if you're watching on other platforms, go to those other platforms and follow and subscribe, right? You never know. You never know. You, you might one day need that alternative resource, okay? Uh, Railanon is in the house. Uh, good evening. Thank you for the 117 gold pills, Disco Ball Chaser. How you doing? And thank you so much for spreading the link. Uh, Dr. Hoffman, God, I miss him, this man in office. Indeed, indeed, indeed. You know, I'm, you know, I'm almost getting to the point to where like, be Trump in office or not again, you know, even if it is a proxy Trump, right? Like it's, uh, I don't know. What if it were like, instead of Trump, we had a general Flynn, right? You know, what do you guys think about that? That's a rhetorical question. Okay. Um, but, um, it would, it would all be based on the fruit of his work, right? I wouldn't, I mean, I would be like, Flynn sounds pretty good, but I would not be sold on him unless I knew and I could see, and also the end result of his actions were starting to fill those shoes that Donald Trump laid down for everyone, all those footprints for him, for us to follow in. His example of what a leadership for this country that is totally focused on restoring the republic and the power to the people, that's what I would have to see. I, it would probably take me at least half a term in order to put my trust into anyone who follows President Trump, honestly. That is America first. That is, you know, republic restorationist. That is uh, constitution resurrectionist, you know. It would take me at least half a term for anybody after Trump to really decide if I thought that uh, they weren't pulling a fast one on us, right? Uh, Renew Tone, good evening, the Seaman. That's right, I am the Seaman. You better watch out. I'll give you allergies, boy. <laughs> Welcome to the show, if you're still here. Um, that was like almost an hour ago. <laughs> Skeeter Burke's in the house. Good evening, Bill Tech. Good to see you. Glad you're joining us again for tonight. Sorry, guys, we're doing a late one. We're doing a late one. Uh, Tam Growl says she's late. It's okay. I was late too, Tam Growl. Maybe, were you born late like me, Tam Growl? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Sean Joe, what's up? Thanks for the cookies. Appreciate it, sir. Appreciate it. 
And uh, let's see here. Sean Joe says, Mr. C, you got Alamo blood in your veins. Oh boy, sir. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Would I, uh, would I walk out the door ready to go to battle, right? Or would I cower and quiver? quiver? I mean, I know, I know what I would do, but you know, you know what they say, right? You never know until you're in the moment, you know? You know, because even, even I've had people tell me, uh, not many, right? Not many, uh, but it has come up in conversation. Uh, I would say particularly with close people who are closer to me, you know, family, friends who understand, etc., who, who uh, pay attention to real information like, uh, you know what you're doing, right? If it took off, it could be very dangerous, right? Like they could kill you, you know? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I know that, you know? I don't think it's going to happen. I will tell you this morning, I was awoken by a knock on my door by the city police for the second time for some unknown reason. And, you know, I was telling my sis about it and, you know, I was like, there's only a, a few reasons I could think that they would be here. And one of those reasons included the work that I do. Now that might sound highly paranoid, but um, do you know the reason why San Antonio is such a quietly corrupt city? That's very, very, it's extremely corrupt. I mean, think about it. Ron Nuremberg, a Marxist mayor, right? Uh, a Joaquin Castro, you know, a progressive Marxist socialist who did all his work with the Truman, uh, the Truman, um, uh, Truman uh, National, um, Truman National Security Project, right? Uh, oh, 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 wait, wait. Let's not forget about uh, former Mayor Wolf, the longest running corrupt judge in San Antonio, okay? And I say I'm in San Antonio, and I also say my full name, right? So it's not, it's not beyond me to say, it's a possibility, right? It's, it's actually happened three times, you know? But like I said, there's other reasons why they could be knocking. I don't answer the door anyways, unless they say they're ha they are serving a warrant, right? So anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah, I, I totally recognize it, you know? And yeah, Two Rivers, hey, what's up? Hey, Bubbles, what's up? Two Rivers says, quietly corrupt is dangerous, definitely dangerous. It is, because everyone has this perception of the city, and I just know it in my gut, you know? I used to, I used to, ha we used to have a neighbor that did not like my family because they did not like the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses. And that's what my family, very open and active, you know, uh, for many years growing up, right? And just because he did not like my parents' choice of religion, he would call up his police officer buddy to pick on us and harass us Whenever there was the slightest thing, you know, parked your car in the street for half a day and they would be at the door. You can't leave your car out there. You need to bring it back into the yard, like that kind of stuff. Now, if you have a police force that is swayed to do favors for their buddy just because that's their buddy, you don't think that Mayor Ron Nuremberg or, or Judge Wolf or any of them don't have a special section of boys on the force? Because that's what they use, okay? The police force here is corrupt as well. Now, I'm not saying all of them are. I'm pretty sure it's realistic that probably every, every city or every town in this nation has that segment of corrupt, you know, individuals, you know. But no, I've seen it. I've experienced it. 
on little things like that, right? And when I start talking about Judge Wolf and Mayor Nuremberg, you know, and all of these jokers and all of these seditionists and treasonists, I don't put it past them. You know, I live in Joaquin Castro's district, right? He's my representative, not by choice. I never voted in San Antonio before he got in, right? Um, yeah, and he's, he's heard from me, you know, at least a few times. So anyways, I don't know. But yeah, so uh, hey, CJM61 asks, so why did they disturb you? I don't know. I didn't answer the door, you know? My sister was like, was it a friendly knock? I was like, no, it was like a business knock. <laughs> I was immersed in deep sleep when it happened. And I slowly sifted through the sands whenever I guess I heard a knock, you know, ex extemporaneously or not extemporaneously, um, you know, e externally. And I was like, what was that? Oh, San Antonio police. Ton, 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 ton. It wasn't a friendly knock, but it wasn't a threatening knock. So anyways, it was a like, we're here on business knock. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, guys. Yeah, no. I'm not afraid about that at all. I've recognized it from the jump, you know. Who boy. I mean, you know, and, and paranoia can be helpful. And I've gotten to the point that paranoia is not, does not cause me anxiety. It makes me more alert. And um, that's only to my benefit, you know, because um, a lot of people like to make assumptions about other individuals ability to handle situations. And it's interesting because most of these people that make those assumptions, for some reason, they tend to believe that their target is weak or is inexperienced or has no sense of self or surroundings. And so they underestimate, you know, I can't tell you how many times in my life I've been underestimated, but you know what? That's fine with me. I'm, I'm all for it. If I come off as a very underestimatory type of individual, I'm all for it. Because at least you will never see me coming. Anyways, but like I said, guys, this show is not about me, okay? <laughs> uh, just this nice, you know, Memorial Day open, guys, and, and just a few words on what, you know, I think we can do. Uh, because obviously we're not physically laying our life down in, on the line, whether that was by choice or not. It doesn't matter. It's not my business. It's not the point of the statement. But, you know, um, we do risk a lot by believing and supporting and doing the things that we do now, right? You know, actually, yeah, even what we're doing now, right, can be very risky, risque, risk-taking, you know. Um, obviously, you know, we're not at the point where we are needing to bear arms ourselves and getting out from behind our keyboards or our telephone screens and going out there to defend our nation. And I am not saying that we will get to that point, but at the same time, I am not saying that that could not be a possibility, right? It's always best to stay prepared regardless of the situation. I just personally don't think that unless a specific conversation merits that type of address that that should not be the forbearance of our thoughts. That, that should not, every time I talk about the situation, I should not open with, well, it's going to get worse and it's going to be a lot harder. And a lot of us are going to die before Hillary Clinton gets arrested. What do you know? How really? Okay. You know, it's going to get worse. It's get a lot harder. And a lot of people are going to die before uh, Durham finishes his case, you know, 
Okay, and then realistically speaking, you know, before we restore a republic, right? Before, you know, we truly return to the state of existence that was intended by our founding fathers and has quickly escaped our nation for a long time, for over a century, we've been off of course, you know, over a century, but it was so quiet and subtle, definitely dangerous, the quiet ones, that none of us realized it. And then we got caught up in the entire growth of society and the expansion of necessity that was all by design. And so politics, government, and governance, most specifically governance, became back burner and not as important as what consumed us in our everyday life. And fortunately, we are at a point right now where um, we are at a point right now where we are realizing once again that it is about self-governance and that there is nothing wrong with throwing out a body of Congress that is not honoring, protecting, and working for our liberties, our freedom, our rights, which is the will of the people, because they've gotten away with it for so long, ladies and gentlemen. They've gotten away with it for so long. So um, we have a few stories today. Now, I was actually, I was only planning to do two hours today. I had someone kind of, you know, on me about that a little bit earlier. Um, how long are you going to be today? Cause you never go on at nine 30. I was like, well, I'm planning for two hours, but because you know, it, it starting at nine 30, that's already going to put us at midnight by the time we finish. So I do have some stories today. I was not planning to do an over an hour of open, uh, but I, honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was going to say, um, about Memorial day and, and, and in reflection of today's holiday and, uh, I just said a little prayer and said, may I speak clearly? And uh, well, here we are, guys, an hour and 15 minutes later. So thank you so much <laughs> for hanging with me in there. We do have some stories for tonight. It's not going to be all about just extemporaneously off the cuff speaking about today's holiday in remembrance of those who um, those who have fallen uh, in service to our nation and to our freedoms and liberties. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all um but you know it's not going to be it's not going to be a heavy report tonight guys it's not going to be a heavy report um I, i'm thinking considering that i've already eaten up over an hour and 15 minutes of uh, our time well, well we'll see where it goes but it'll be a timely report 
a few a few interesting you know stories nothing too deep no durham today um i figured you know since i was on late i would spare you guys a little bit um let's see here i did see something in the uh hey whiskey blue what's going on looking very dapper tonight thank you sir i appreciate your comment there CJM, his, his comment here, Mr. C, did you see what Craig, Greg Phillips said to Patel Patriot about what is coming six weeks from now? Uh, now I don't know. Was it six weeks from now? Patel, I mean, um, uh, CJM, now I will tell you, CJM, uh, part, of my, um, part of my process for tonight, other than falling down a very deep rabbit hole to get this show together. Do you know what that, that rabbit hole was, ladies and gentlemen? The rabbit hole I fell under for at least an hour to an hour and a half was trying to find a Memorial Day tribute video that was up to my standards. Okay, so I hope what I shared with you guys at the beginning of the show was satisfactory because that's that's the only thing, the only one I could find that I was like, okay, this is a good video. Uh, this is a good tribute. It wasn't as long as I wanted it to be, but it was the best among many. And I spent over an hour just trying to find that three minute video to open the show with. And I think it was a success. I think it was a knockout actually. Um, so what um, Mr. CJM61 is referring to, cause I was gonna, I was like, we're gonna do a Memorial Day show and we're gonna talk about very specific topics about Memorial today, uh, Memorial Day today, which is Honorable Memorial Day and Dishonorable Memorial Day. Now, we've already gone through the Honorable Memorial Day, guys. We had the speech from President Trump in Arlington. You know, we had some good video clips. We had a nice little discussion about what Memorial Day could mean to us, but to me, you know, honorable, right? Uh, but we're going to get to the dishonorable one. So in that process, I wanted to share this video, CJM. I was like, I want to talk about this, but I was like, I don't know where I could fit this in, I, I wanted to put it in the open, but I knew my open was going to be about Memorial Day and the service of our fallen soldiers. So where would this fit into that? Well, thank you, CJM61, for bringing it up in the chat. You must have just totally been uh, feeling my vibe on this. Um, so I'm going to play. I'm going to play this video because I was like, everyone needs to know about this, and I'm sure a lot of you all do know about this already. But, um, well, I will expand on what they're saying, and then you guys can tell me if anyone else has shared these thoughts. I always do that, don't I, am all? I'm unique, right? I'm the only one who thinks these thoughts. <laughs> I just think I'm the only, well, I'm not the only one. I just think I'm very good at putting my speculations on the table, right? Like, I'm not scared to say what I think is going to happen not scared to say what I see in the future. I'm not scared to share my speculations. But if they are really crazy speculations, then obviously I will clarify that. Um, let's check this out real quick. This is Greg Phillips talking with Patel Patriot. For those of you who don't know who Greg Phillips is, he is one of he was, he's the chief investigator and part of True the Vote, Catherine Engelbrecht's um, operation or organization out of Houston, Texas. Uh, that, of course, brought us 2,000 mules. And, of course, Dinesh D'Souza brought that to life on the big screen. So I saw this a couple of days ago, CJM, and I was like, ah, I bet you I know what it is. Do you guys know what it is? You got, Tell me if you know what it is. Like, I don't care about, if it's a spoiler. If, if y'all already know what it is, go ahead and put it in the chat room because I have not gotten to look at, up and or research anything else on this. I just... I'm just going to tell you what I think it is, uh, but let's check out. It's only a minute long. Let's check it out, guys. 
few issues coming up that are more explosive than the mules that are no 10x um, more likely to to divide this country even further. Um, Catherine and I spend a lot of time every single day, really not just praying through it, but thinking through how do we actually do this? Because once mm-hmm. these come out, there's one in particular. It's a it's a multinational deal. It involves billions of dollars. There's ir- irrefutable evidence. Um, we've been involved in a major counterintelligence operation that's very mature in this country, involving federal agencies and us. Um, and there's been some betrayals along the way. There have been some issues along the way. Uh, but once we get to the point where this is ready to go, it's going to make everybody forget everything about the mules. And wow. it's going to bring into question everything we think we know about these elections. Everything. I can say that that's with 100% certainty. Ooh, that's totally ominous, isn't it, guys? Totally ominous. Um, Two River says that it was it was longer than a minute worth interview. Now, and now I need to go find the entire interview, but that right there is like bomb dropping, right? Like mic dropping moment. And uh, you know, I can see the anxiety in Greg Phillips' eyes. Could you? Can you guys not? I can see it. You can see the concern in his eyes. It's almost like what the information he has, he knows he knows could possibly tear this country apart. But, you know, I'm like, would it really tear the country apart or would it tear the idea of what our country was supposed to be apart? Um, Only because he said it's going to divide us. You know, it's going to, it's really going to, no one's going to care about the damn mules, you know? Uh, Now I didn't hear, when I initially listened to this, I didn't hear the part where he said it was a billions of dollars of money or a worth or whatever. I heard the international part, you know, so immediately my idea goes to like Maria Zach and Italy gate and China and Italy, et cetera, you know, but it's going to be bigger than that. Right. Because that is just the, um, that is just the theft of the election with foreign interference, you know, um, my first thought went to political party slash NGOs slash, for some reason, unions came to my mind, the AFLCIO, right? But if everybody remembers the February 2021 Times article, wherein these idiots, thank goodness for hubris, published in Times Magazine the entire plot to save the election, you know, because they are so, I told you, it's a duality, a duality reality. They live in their own version of America and their feelings and their acknowledgement of their own actions and their own intentions is totally separate from ours. And, and I don't know if that's a product of living in their own bubble, right? Or or a product of their own self-worth and self-elitism versus the rest of us, right? Either way, it's separate, okay? Their America is different from our America. And their viewpoint on the elections is different from the reality of the thing, you know? Like, uh... Uh, they compared what they did, and they didn't write this in the article. I'm using this as my own personal example and metaphor. They compared 
in my own personal example of what they did with the elections to what uh, that band of soldiers was trying to do to assassinate Hitler, okay? But this involved big unions, big tech, big media, you know, big business, okay? It in involved all level of politicians, all right? And then it just, it just petered down to the henchmen. And all of that was in that article. And I shared it with you guys, I think twice already. You know, they damned themselves with that article, but through the ballot trafficking and what that uncovered, because like I told you guys well before 2000 Mules came out, they're going to see who is the source. Remember, I was saying, please let it be the Democrat National um, Committee. Please let it be a Democrat operative. Please let it be a Democrat or progressive or socialist NGO. Please let it be. Because once they tie the, those uh, traffickers to those hubs or sources, then they're going to have to ask a bigger question. Because what? It went throughout the entire nation, which is well beyond the definition of RICO, a RICO case, guys. You know, and then you see it was organized crime on a nationwide scale. And wait, but if it is the DNC and there are millions of dollars involved, then how high up does that go? Because they wrote in the Times article exactly who was involved. Do you remember when I shared with you the story about the former president of the AFL-CIO? He died of a sudden heart attack. Now, this is going back probably like to summer or fall of last year, guys. And I was like, oh, how convenient. He's dead. The man who helped orchestrate one of the biggest frauds, thefts in our nation's history. The, the, he was pivotal in performing that coup. And now he's dead. Heart attack. And that's the entire reason why that topic came up for the second time, right? Because I initially went over it with you guys back in like, I don't know, April or May you know, of 2021. And he died in the spring, the summer or the fall. Um, crazy stuff, right? Crazy stuff. So uh, let's see here. Um, what, what were you guys thinking about that? Uh, foreign interference, says True Rivers. How about Go Ogle, Twitter and Facebook and lamestream media? Well, you know, you're 100% over the target on all of those two rivers because all of those all of those people were involved and all of it came out in that article from the Times Magazine. Big tech, big business, you know, all of it, all of it. Oh, but you, you have a question over the foreign interference, right? Well, yeah, that is a good question. That is a good question. That That is putting anxiety in the eyes of this investigator. I mean, I could see the anxiety. I could hear it in his voice. He's really scared. He's really concerned. It's one of those moments where, Someone would come up to Greg Phillips and say, you know, I understand what you're doing and I understand the gravity of what you have discovered, but I don't think the American people can handle it. So let's do it this way. That's what it looks like he's facing one of those moments where you're, you're going to expect a suit to approach you and be like, we understand, but the American people can't handle it without uh, having an aneurysm and derioting. So we're not going to tell them. That's the kind of level it seems like. And they've delivered, they have delivered, they've delivered way more than um, I could have expected hands-on realistically. And they delivered everything 
that I imagine they would. Um, let's see here. Billions of big money foreign influence to be exposed, right? So if it is the DNC and, uh, you know, that could go so many places. What it is, is it going to tear everyone's worldview and perspective of reality apart, okay? And that's probably all I can I could really speculate into it. And Greg Phillips says they have those foreign sources. Do you think the Vatican's going to be involved? Because I hear Italy, hello, that they are. Um, and the crown, right? Oh, are they are they actually going to be able to prove on paper that we are still a colony, right, of the crown? That would be great. It is the DNC, the rhinos, the alphabet groups, uh, the uh, incorporated groups like Google, Twitter, et cetera, Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. It is all of that. It is all of that. Awesome. I, I'm pretty sure the trails are going to start with the hubs, right? Like Stacey Abrams, who was already implicated in it. And now Stacey Abrams is like, Georgia's the worst state. <laughs> Anyways, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's uh, this was on my mind as I was putting the show today together, uh, guys. So I'm glad someone afforded me the opportunity to share it with you all. Thank you again, CJM. Okay, guys, with that said, let's jump into tonight's report. I'm already making adjustments in my head for time, uh, but I do not want to deliver a cheesy and ineffective report. So uh, let's see what I have for you. I think we're going to start, of course, with... <laughs> I'm so good, guys. This was supposed to be on the screen the entire time I was talking about Memorial Day. Anyway. <laughs> Forgive me. It was it was enough uh, dealing with all the technical aspects of delivering good sound. All right. Uh, one statement by President Trump for today. He had several, but I did not have enough time to get all of that stuff clipped out and presentable. And for some reason, President Trump loves to repost Trump trains. Right. And all I got to say about that is he doesn't even follow back. Uh -huh. Anyways. OK, so. <laughs> Oh, I'm not the only one. Thank goodness. All right. Uh, President Trump says, happy Memorial Day. God bless all of those who fought and worked so hard to build and now save our country. Many brave and beautiful souls were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Please know that you are cherished, loved and respected by all Americans and much of the world. We are with you and will always be thinking of you. And all that you have done to make America great. And again, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save all the other statements for tomorrow's show. If I can find them between all of his Trump trains, which it's like it takes up like the entire screen with just one post with just a million names like. Can't you guys figure out any other way to boost your numbers? Like, how about you do it organically by posting something and people like it and follow you instead of just clicking on a Trump train and then everyone follows you. And all of a sudden you're up to what? 1.5 thousand followers. Well, it's going to take me a few years to reach some of you guys that are you. Some of you guys are already there like at 2000 followers because I don't do Trump trains. I work for my followers. Okay. <laughs> Besides, I don't have enough time in the day to read everyone's posts. And, you know, some of them might not even be relevant to what I need. to. You know, I need the information. That's why I am on there. But I totally appreciate anyone that follows my 
<laughs> after crapping all over them. I totally appreciate anyone that follows my accounts. <laughs> but I cannot follow back. I just, um, it, you know, if I follow you back, it's because I know you or something like it. Okay, let's stop talking about that. President Trump, who reposts Trump trains and doesn't even follow back. Anyways, he only he's only following two people on True Social, guys. Okay, he's got like three million followers. Can you imagine how convoluted his feed would be? He would not be able to get information if he followed 3 million people. I mean, let's just face it. That's the facts of the matter, right? Anyways. Okay. So getting into the dishonorable usage of Memorial Day, okay, as could be and should be expected, the left, the progressives, the Democrats, the socialists, the self-avowed communists, are, of course, using the platform of remembrance and honor and respect for those who have fallen and are perished in the act of preserving our country, our life, our liberty, the way that we exist. You know, they're going to talk to you about how they can make the life hard, not just for we Americans in general, the public population, but for those who serve, right? I mean, if they had it their way, they would send their soldiers to the battlefield with steak knives and, you know, um, um, uh, soup spoons, right? <laughs> or, or they would use, I don't know, they would just, they would go into a total, like, I don't know, tra transcendental psyop warfare mode, right? They're like, you'll be there, but you won't be there because we'll be there a month before. Anyways, I don't know. They would just do something ridiculous. They would do something ridiculous, right? And so the left, of course, is just hellbent on it. I mean, you guys are hearing it and hearing it and hearing it more so now than ever, because as we know, when a Democrat is in office, bullets are flying and people are dying. And yet they will say that conservatives, Republicans, patriotic Americans, it is because of them that people are dying because they are just so, so crazy and insane that they cannot seem to realize that when someone picks up a gun, the gun says to that holder, you will do as I say, gun holder. And uh, it's they just don't, you know, the conservatives don't realize that a gun literally possesses the person who is handling it, Right. Just like a genie in a bottle, you know, the gun suddenly becomes the primary brain of the entire host human being and directs that person to do whatever it wants, right? That's what's going on in the minds of people like this on the screen, right? One illegitimate Joe and one crazy Ocasio occasional cortex. Why even, why even honor her with the possibility of having an occasional cortex, right? AOC. Um, you, you know, maybe someday, ladies and gentlemen, we will figure out that there is a gin in the barrel, right, that controls all of us and tells us to go shoot up schools and to go shoot up subways and to go shoot 16 to 20, 30 people every weekend in Chicago, right? That's really heavy demon land over there, right? <sighs> Obviously, if someone did not know the context of this show and how I can be outrightly entertainingly facetious sometimes, they would be like, is this guy serious? He sounds pretty serious. He sounds like demons control the guns that control their owners and they get possessed when they hold them. 
By gosh, by golly, why didn't we think about that before? We could have ended this battle a long time ago if we had just influenced Americans to believe that guns can control people's actions. Because there is a genie in the barrel. Ooh, the genie in the barrel. Skeeterberg, Skeeterberg, can I get a meme, please? <laughs> genie in the barrel, right? Once it gets out, it can't go back in. Anyways, so yeah, you know, I mean, clearly, guys, clearly, clearly, there's a little demon in the gun that controls the people. Or at least they would have you believe that. You know, given, given if we had, if they had actually gone through with all of their plans, right? If we had not had a four-year um, reprieve from their diabolical scheme, right? <laughs> Who knows? By by this time today, by Memorial Day 2022, maybe they would have been using the demon-possessed gun uh, um, a reason on their people, and we would have been already so dumbed-downed. There's no telling what they could have thrown in the mix in the four years that President was Trump. Uh, president was Trump. Trump was president, right? Like, there's no telling what they could have done in addition to what they were already trying to do and already had planned. <laughs> like, you, we might have been there. Like, you know, maybe, maybe they would have been able to like incrementally uh, poison all of us with fentanyl because there's already so much of it, right? I mean, how does one incrementally poison someone with fentanyl when like a milligram can kill you, right? <laughs> You know, that uh, that we would have just been like so brain dead and derp, right? That we would have like believed them when they said that the demon in the gun is what controls you. And the demons get there when the gun manufacturers use their black magic um, um, sessions to put it in the gun. And that's how it fires. You know, that's how it shoots. Because there's a little demon there going pew, 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 right? And then it controls you by, it like brainwashes you into doing whatever it wants. That's the reason why all those kids shoot at the schools because of the demons and the gun. I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? But that, that's what they would have us believe if they could. That's what they think about their constituents. That's what they think about the people of America. That's what they think about the people of this earth, right? But they have to get that far more cartoonish because obviously Americans are not going to give them up, right? So this honorable Joe Biden, right, decides to uh, use his platform as president on Memorial Day to talk about the fallen who use guns to protect our lives and our way of life that he wants to initiate further gun confiscation well he didn't say confiscation but uh m might as well that's what that's the point he's coming to right if illegitimate joe ever comes to a point ladies and gentlemen he will probably split in half but that's besides the point the point is now he's going after what nine millimeter bullet weapons that fire nine millimeter bullets right which is a, a huge leap and a jump away from an assault rifle, right? Or an semi-automatic weapon or an automatic weapon, right? And that's a handgun. And I don't know much about guns, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong there. Uh, let's briefly scour over this uh, gross article. Biden criticizes high caliber weapons, says nine millimeter bullets, blows the lung out. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. As uh, President Biden spoke to reporters on Memorial Day, he criticized high caliber weapons and claimed that a nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body. Biden made this statement while telling reporters about a Senate briefing he had received regarding gunshot wounds 
he said the 22 caliber bullet will do- will lodge in the lungs and we can get it out biden said a nine millimeter bullet blows the lung out of the body uh, this is not the first time Biden has included the nine millimeter round in his gun control rhetoric. Isn't it funny how they have to put just a little bit out there so this way they can try and take a whole lot in the end? They're like, we have to drip out our plans, not realizing that their drip might as well be Niagara because we're all paying attention and no one's going to go with it. The, 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 everyone's already like, Joe, Joe, we didn't let you take anything else. Why do you keep bringing up the nine millimeter? Hello? (laughs) Because Joe has hope because he sucked at the altars of Barack Obama. That's why. Um, On July 21st, 2021, Breitbart News noted that Biden talked about a push to eliminate nine millimeter pistols during his CNN town hall. So, uh, well, there you have it. So Biden again coming after the nine millimeter, right? Uh, Standard used widely for self-defense. Hey, Nana Marie, how you doing tonight? Nana Marie says they own, they want only BB guns, right? And, and, and if we're lucky, 10 years removed from that, Nana Marie, they'll be like, but BB guns can blow your eye out. And then they'll take those too, right? Um, but, you know, staying, staying in course with, you know, this exploitation, right? We had the exploitation of our fallen soldiers today, the exploitation of our fallen soldiers at the hands of the president. You see, I mean, not only is it not, not only is it common sense to not go there, illegitimate Joe, you know, uh, it's common decency, right? Not to exploit our fallen on their day of remembrance. But he wants you to remember how crazy the Republicans are and the conservatives for all the children who died on this day. And of course, they're speaking of their own personal reality tunnel, their own reality, which is far removed from the reality that exists in this world. And that is a fact. If you post somewhere that no guns are on the premises, well, there's a better chance that you're going to get a crazed maniac, you know, influenced or not, MK Ultra or not, false flag or not that is going to use that space to eliminate innocent life for whatever reason is possessing them. And I promise you guys, whatever reason is possessing them is not the demon in the barrel, okay? So it's not the demon in the barrel, okay? Something else is possessing them, right? But it's not the demon in the gun, okay? (laughs) There is no demon in the gun, okay? Uh, But we've seen a massive outbreak, it seems. I mean, I would say this is a massive outbreak, right? Because to have an incident where there is a mass shooting at a school should be rare enough, right? Like ultra, ultra mega rare, you know? Um, But then to have so many possible copycats, you know, situations come up or threats of such situations come up in such a close time period to an actual ultra, ultra rare event as a mass school shooting. And I know it's not ultra, ultra rare, obviously, because I mean, hello, how, how, how many years are we beyond the previous school shootings? You know, not that long at all, right? Not that long at all. And, uh, and, and interestingly timed, to consume the headlines and the concerns and the worries of Americans during very, very optimal 
type of information exposure, right? Durham, 2,000 mules, whatever True the Vote is about to drop, you know? So my thoughts on this, well, obviously, this could be very, very intentional. And you know, guys, deep down in my heart, I've always believed that and in my gut. But as a sharer of information, isn't it funny what topics I choose to be careful on, right? <laughs> oh, you'll say X, Y, and Z about this, Mr. C. But when it comes to this topic, you'll button up just a little bit. You'll be more careful. Um, you'll say COVID-19 and get kicked five times off of YouTube and uh, talk about elections and get your decade-long account removed. <laughs> but you won't go so far as to say Uvalde was a false flag. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but let's talk about this outbreak of school shooting threats and arrests that has occurred. There's been at least five to six. Um, the article I have here documents four of them. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com and be sure to follow us on our social medias truth social rumble twitch clout hub and pill.net uh so yes uh this article says sickening multiple school shooting threats made across U uh, united states since uvalde it says here, the 10-year-old student taken into custody in Florida on May 28th after making threats of conducting a mass shooting via text is the latest of a string of suspects arrested by police for making shooting threats since the tragedy in Uvalde last week. As the country comes to terms with a massacre that appears to have been announced by shooter Salvador, um, who had repeatedly made threats of the shooting um, before he actually went on the rampage. Many are asking why that kind of behavior did not lead to a closer check on the teen and was not prevented. Police are responding to heightened scrutiny on their actions and the recent series of arrests made across the country in response to shooting threats can be seen as a willingness to show officers um, are not taking any chances to avoid a repeat of what happened in Uvalde. So Long Island, New York, uh, a Long Island 16-year-old student was arrested last week after making threats on Instagram of conducting a mass shooting at his school, Bellport High School, the next day. The message led several people to call 911. ABC, ABC7 reports and Suffolk County police were then able to link the post back to the teenage boy with the help of the FBI. The 16-year-old was interviewed by detectives and a search of the home proves he did not have any guns inside the building, leading the police to conclude the boy did not pose a real threat. We take these threats seriously and will devote our resources to ensuring the safety of our children, said District Attorney Raymond Tierney um, in a statement to the media. The teen was charged with making a terroristic threat and aggravated harassment 
After being arraigned on Friday, he was placed on supervised release probation with GPS and a 9 p.m. curfew. He is expected to appear in court on the 31st of this month. That's tomorrow. Uh, let's head over to Lutz, Florida. 18-year-old Corey Anderson was arrested last week in Lutz, Florida after posting an image of himself on Instagram dressed in what happened to be a tactical style vest and holding what looked like a handgun and a rifle. The post caption read, Hey Siri, directions to the nearest school. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I would just say if that was a joke, that's a little bit beyond PC, right? <laughs> it's a joke at your risk if you want. Uh, article says detectives with Hills a little too soon, right? De detectives with Hillsborough County's Sheriff Office on the case found that the weapons were actually airsoft guns. Oh, you mean they didn't recognize those airsoft guns from the citizens or from the women of Ukraine, right? Being armed with airsoft guns and they're ready to go into battle, right? CNN didn't realize that. What? <laughs> Anyways. Uh, they're like, these guns look familiar, but I don't know where I've seen them. Definitely not in the hands of a supposed Ukrainian women who are probably actually the Nazis. Hoa. Anyways, okay. So it says uh, he was. they were actually airsoft guns, and the man was likely making some kind of a sick joke in the aftermath of Uvalde's shooting. Uh, he said, this type of threat is unacceptable. This man intentionally instilled fear into our community as a sick joke. But be warned, there's no laughing matter. And Sheriff Chad Cronister, in a statement, released that to the media. He said, we will do everything in our power to apprehend and pursue charges on those who make school-based threats. Protecting students is our greatest priority. Anderson was charged with written or electronic threat to conduct a mass shooting or act of terrorism. Now, how would you like to have that on your record because your joke bombed, right? Or maybe because you don't have the sense of comedic genius to realize that maybe you shouldn't make jokes like that, right? <laughs> Without facing some type of a consequence. Hopefully he does not take that as a badge of honor. Uh, Cape Corral, Florida, on Saturday last week, the Lees County Sheriff's Office said it was informed of an alarming text sent by a fifth grader at Patriot Elementary School, of all places, in Cape Coral, or Cape Corral. Um, the uh, case was immediately taken on by the school threat, the school threat enforcement team. Wow, something like that exists. The school threat enforcement team sounds something like, I don't know. What, what is that one that one made-up agency, the, um, the, the pedophile task force? <laughs> Anyways, so anyhow, the school threat enforcement team, which then involved the Youth Services Criminal Investigations Division because of the young age of the suspect, the boy was interviewed by detectives and arrested on the same day on charges of making a written threat to conduct a mass shooting. Um, a video shared by Lee County Sheriff's Office shows the student being walked out of the school in handcuffs by an officer. Uh, right now is not the time to act like a little delinquent. It's not funny. This child made a fake threat and now he's experiencing real consequences. Mm -hmm. Interesting, huh? So I guess three stories, uh, but I, I'd read, I think, a couple of other headlines aside from that uh, in other areas of the country. So mass out. So I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm sitting here thinking like, uh, let's 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 go at this hypothetical angle, right? 
The Uvalde shooting was a total false flag in the means that it was an operation that went live and involved the death of innocent lives. I think that's something that we could probably all agree with, right? Particularly considering a lot of the information that's coming out now, okay? There, there's, there was a seeming stand down, right? Uh, there was ease of access, incidentally, for the, um, for the, um, for, for the, the kid who killed everyone. Uh, and just other little things like that, right? Okay. So say, hypothetically speaking, this was a false flag for those reasons. What if all of these other situations, and I'm saying there were at least five different ones, and it's only been a week since this tragedy happened, guys. What if all of these other such reports that we're reading about now were intended operations that got stopped by authorities because everyone was on such high alert, they took no jokes and they took down names and they made reports. Wouldn't that be interesting? And why would that be occurring right now? Why is it that we need is that, you know, can you imagine if any one of these other shootings happened and it happened this week? Talk about another reason to amp up the gun control issues. Talk about another reason to totally ignore or to totally bury any concern about the truth of the reality in court that's coming out about the guilt, the, the seditionist guilt writing right up on treason of the Clinton campaign, Hillary Clinton and everyone involved, including the three-letter alphabet agencies, the CIA and the FBI, which we'll get to in Act 2 of the Durham investigation trials, you know, and all the way up to the third act, which is probably going to involve Barry Sotero and John Brennan and, uh, and Clapper and, and all of them, right? You know, Baker will probably get taken in the second act. You know, oh, 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 and let's not even forget about what we just talked about with um, 2,000 Mules, True the Votes, new information drop, which it seems like this information drop, they were not expecting to drop, you know. Th those of us who had the foresight to see that it was going to expose the organizations and the political parties involved in the trafficking, that was expected, that information planned from the jump from True the Vote. Whatever's coming now, guys, they need one of these operative, uh, influenced, brainwashed children who probably gets visited by Frank the Rabbit at night in his dreams that tells him, oh, you just love shooting up those, you hate your fellow students, right? Oh, I'm the demon in the gun. Oh, come and get me. The only way you can get me is by pulling the trigger. 30 times, right? I, I mean, seriously, this is, unless everyone is just so brainwashed after a year and a half of, of, of hide and shelter, right? Shelter and seclude or whatever the heck it was, or we don't know what life is anymore. This is but a dream and let's just copy everyone else's dream because I don't have one of my own because I have never been de developed in life. Didn't get exposed to culture, didn't get exposed to uh, social development. All I had was a TV in front of me, and you know what? And video games, might as well just keep on doing that. So, ladies and gentlemen, just some thoughts, random hypothetical rhetoricals that go through my mind when I'm going through some of this stuff. And you can see why I do not get too heavy on some of these topics. Uh, so, illegitimate Joe was down in Uvalde, right? <laughs> From what I hear, he was not well received and they had to leave. 
I mean, he couldn't have done any worse than Beto O'Rourke, right? Like, hey, let me tell you what. There are going to be zero votes for Beta O'Rourke come uh, November. Unless, you know, of course, except for the rigged votes, right? It's going to be like eight people in Uvalde voted for Beto. But because of the ballot drop, the entire town voted for Beto. And it was like 150% over the vote, uh, over, the, uh, over the, um, the registered vote tabulation. And no one will be able to explain it. Um, but, you know, I also read a story where Joe went up to that those little cardboard cutouts and he tried to smell them. And that's the reason why he left from sheer disappointment, ladies and gentlemen. So exploiting, exploiting our fallen soldiers, our fallen heroes, ladies and gentlemen, is what they know how to do. Exploiting the children apparently is also what these politicians know how to do in the wake. Uh, and, and, you know, I can't believe that he did not even realize what such bad taste it was in to just bust in on that press conference. Like, what did he think, Beto O'Rourke? Uh, did he think that everyone was going to stand up and cheer for him? I mean, really? Stand up and cheer for him? Because he was uh, making, uh, like, did he expect a standing ovation from that room of people? He's that narcissistic. That's narcissism, right? Like, I know, he doesn't even know what he's doing wrong. He's just like, I know everyone's going to be on my side if I go in there and do this. I know everyone's just going to love it that I'm standing up for these children and calling out Abbott right in the middle of an informational press conference for the community. Most importantly, narcissism. Unless it was, of course, the $5 million that padded that maneuver for him to make. Yeah, I mean, but total exploitation, right? But, you know, everyone will take as many cheap shots as they can, you know, uh, to on that road to hell. <laughs> like this idiot here, this leftist professor who says, and she already got in trouble for it, right? Who would go to a class that is taught with someone like hair, with hair like that, right? I feel like I'm, I feel like I am looking at the twin sister, or maybe it's the twin trans double of that idiot that comes on MSNBC and says, I think the constitution should be torn up. It's stupid. <laughs> They're wrong, right? Isn't this like the trans twin double of that individual, right? They have the same hair, the same build, and the same belief system, a total clone of that moron who comes on MSDNC and talks about how bad the Constitution is and that we just need to tear it up and rewrite it. And not to forget to ask my massa about what we're going to put in the new Constitution. Well, you know what? I guess we're college professor guy massa. You'll just have to go talk to, I don't know, the United Nations or something like that. Find out who's running that outfit and maybe that massa will tell you what to put into it, right? Q-tip, right? <laughs> That's a dirty Q-tip, duppy. <laughs> Anyhow, so this, this college educator, university educator, makes this brash statement, right? Well, the reason why the Uvalde police stood down is because all the students are Mexicans. And she probably did not feel 
ignorant in saying that at all. She probably felt like she had validated her existence as an educator of university students and that this was the moment that she was placed on this earth for, right? Now, she got in trouble for it. I mean, as much trouble as someone like her could get into for making such a brash statement. Uh, but um, um, what is her name? Uh, Alethea, Alethea, um, Alethea Butler, right? P Professor Butler. Uh, just so you know, just in case no one else told you, um, uh, it just so happens that uh, the police force in Uvalde is made up of actually the same race, culture, and heritage as the inhabitants of Uvalde who happen to have children of the same race, heritage, and culture. And that would be Hispanic and Mexican-American. American if they were born here and not in Mexico, right? Uh, there we go. Um, Professor Butler, uh, they don't look white to me. I mean, unless they've just been in the sun too long, but uh, that is your standard Tejano police officer, Professor Butler. And if you don't know what Tejano is and you think I'm just being some kind of like, I don't know, um, South Texas racist, <laughs> you might want to educate yourself on the matter, right? Even their chief of police who looks like, I don't know, a Mexican-American Mandingo is totally Mexican, okay? I hope someone sent her the photos, right? I hope someone gave her a little ring and was like, Hey, Butler, you stupid girl. <laughs> she probably saw all of the photos of the state officers, the rangers, who indeed are... Three licks of red on the neck and totally Caucasian, okay? <laughs> but the Uvalde police force, where this tragedy occurred, they don't wear state officers' colors, okay? Which are like tan, olive tan, pale, you know, some weird tan color. Anyways, so yeah, all about the exploitation, ladies and gentlemen. All about the exploitation. Again, Uvalde police force of Hispanic and Mexican-Americans have the same heritage as the children who died. Okay? Or not who died. Like, I didn't mean to say it like that, but who were killed. Professor Butler. Okay? But yeah, so, you know, uh, you, you got uh, exploitation of guns on the day of our fallen and exploitation of, of our soldiers and of the victims from the uh, regime uh, junta in, in chief uh, exploitation of uh, race and 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 uh, trying to push your CRT systemic bullcrap right on the heels of this tragedy and take away our guns right and exploiting the children exploiting the children this big old loser is only going to win if they successfully rig this election okay it's the only way it's gonna happen and we've already seen it happen in our primaries okay oh but you know there's no proof mr c of any type of election fraud in our primaries yeah well true the vote's gonna help us with that okay true the vote's gonna help us with that because there are not enough texans that either have the understanding or the moxie to challenge the um, or the f the full-blown, biggest, best, baddest Texas forensic audit in the history of our country nation, period, right? When they're not even... They're only going to sample 1% to 2% of the electronic ballot images. 
They're not even going to recount the, the the ballots. They're not even going to do... Uh, did, did, did Abbott even know what happened in Arizona? Does, does he even know the extent of that audit for him to say that Texas is going to be better than Arizona's? I'm insulted as a Texan that he would make such a statement, you know? And I'm definitely insulted for Arizona. And I'm a Texan, okay? Anyways, guys, enough about that. That's the only way this loser, Beta O'Rourke, Pedro O'Rourke, Robert Francis O'Rourke, they just call him Francis from now on, right? They'll be like, who are you talking about, Fran? Who's Francis O'Rourke? Hey, we're not talking about Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Francis, right? No, we're talking about, I don't know, serial killer Pee Wee Herman without the makeup on Beto O'Rourke, okay? <laughs> Beto Roberta O'Rourke gives exploitation, uh, gives exploiter of children, of dead children. Why, why, I don't know what I was writing. I had like five minutes to get all my banners together. Please forgive me. I think I meant to say exploits the children, not gives exploiter. No, exploiter. I think that, oh, that's exciter. Uh, let me correct myself here because of my, uh, I don't want to say OCD because I don't want to be like, you know, I don't want to be like, um, uh, uh, mis mis misusing that word, right? Uh, uh, OCD. I don't want to offend anyone who actually has OCD. Anyways, okay. I don't want to uh, appropriate that uh, mental disease. But yeah, R Beta Roberta O'Rourke exploits. Ex oh, exploiter of dead children. That's what I was trying to say. How many of you guys solved that puzzle before I did? Okay. <laughs> Gives exploiter of dead children. There we go. And you know what? I'm missing a comma. Can you guys tell me where the comma belongs? Anyways. Um, so yeah, exploits the children, makes a big old political mess about it, um, you, which we didn't cover. You know, I mean, it, I mean, I was like, oh, this is crazy when I first read the headline. And then by the next morning, it was it was all over the place. So I was like, you know, we got some other stuff to talk about. But, you know, we mentioned it anyways. Idiot. This idiot, guys. Yeah, I've been kind of diving into Beto since then, you know, because I wasn't, you know, digging and researching and reading, reading, reading and all this stuff on Beto in 2018, right? I wasn't, you know, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting information about this man. I mean, I know all about his wife and her billion multi-billionaire father. I know all about uh, his um, his um, land land tra um, uh, real estate business is his his work with land and 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 you know building uh, sorry development development that's what i was looking for development his his father his father-in-law is a developer billionaire he's he's married to an heiress right this this little loser right here is married to an heiress you know and uh they his family now owns a lot of land on the border between el paso and new mexico like we're talking about thousands of miles along the border in fact if I'm not mistaken, it, that they were part of the reason why there were they were one of the twelve lawsuits against building the wall because he'd have to go through Beto O'Rourke's family to do it, you know, because they own that land. And um, sometime in I think 15 or 16 around there, um, his father-in-law started selling off massive acreage of that land. And they started developing new uh, housing communities and business communities, etc. Uh, which I thought was interesting because I, I honestly wondered on all of those 
thousands of miles of land privately owned by the Beta O'Rourke's father's family, father-in-law's family. I forget his name. Um, how much of that land was used for trafficking, right? And then I don't know the depth and breadth of it, but from what I understand, Beto also owns the land where you have rail railways and trains uh, that pass through, right? So, you know, and they don't have to be inspected. It's private land, you know? So I also wondered how many, how much, um, how much stuff are they smuggling into the country? And, and those rail, railways go to New Orleans, to Chicago, to the Carolina. They go all over to Nevada. From those entry points are on Beto O'Rourke's family's land. So I'm like, how much liquid meth is coming in? How much fentanyl? How many illegal immigrants? How many weapons are being smuggled through the Beto O'Rourke Railways property, you know? Interesting questions, right? Did you guys know any, any of that stuff about the O'Rourke family? Well, that's about his in-laws side, right? Where all his money comes from, you know? And um, obviously his father-in-law put a lot of money into his campaigns when he was at the local city level and also into his uh, foray into trying to be a president and a senator, etc. Loser, right? Beto O'Rourke's a loser. Anyone that believes in this man is a loser. I've never seen such a big loser, right? You know, like, I, I could not stand this guy the entire time, right? I'm surprised I've had him up on the screen this long. But uh, so here you have Beto doing his thing, right? Being an idiot. And so narcissistically inclined, he thinks that he has just saved the world and has, again, made for this moment in history, right? So screwed up in the head. Um, but, you know, uh, all, all of that aside, ladies and gentlemen, you know, we're talking about, again, all of the uh, information that was cut. I mean, if you, if you push aside all of these agendas, you know, and you bring it back to the children and you bring it back to the situation and you bring it back to what occurred on that day, you know, we're talking about all of this information and misinformation, and then it, it gets to the point to where one wonders if it was in fact disinformation, you know, if it was disinformation. Um, Greg Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, whom were scheduled to be in Houston on Friday and to speak, or maybe it was on Saturday because uh, Trump spoke on Friday, uh, to speak at the National Rifle Association's conference there in, uh, in Houston, um, canceled their appearance to the conference because apparently, as all of you guys know, none of the information that was reported on the news has been accurate about the occurrences in Uvalde. And that also means that none of the information that Abbott shared with the world was accurate at all. And he's pissed. He's like, I do everything you want, right? I fooled all these Texans into thinking I'm a true conservative, right? I fooled every single one of them, and I do it so good with such grace and such, uh, t uh, such style that they would never notice unless they were truly awake. In fact, I'm even going to get all the ones that don't like me to vote for me in November because they have to, because it's their duty as Texans and as Americans, you bastard, Abbott. So he's like, don't do this to me again. 
Don't you dare make me look like a damn fool in front of Texas and the world again. Can you imagine, right? Someone who's so embedded in their pocket and then they give him bad information and he looks like a damn fool or like maybe he's in on it too. I would be pissed off also. But Abbott, let this be a lesson learned. You ain't nothing to them. You ain't nothing but a little a little uh, yes man in a wheelchair, Mr. Abbott. And when worse comes to worse, hopefully it won't bite you in the ass because you probably wouldn't feel it anyways. Here's from his pet press conference that he held on Saturday instead of going to the NRA conference in Houston. Question. So your, your, your question. Oh, no, no, I, I remember it. Short answer, yes, I was misled. I am livid about what happened. I was on this very stage two days ago, and I was telling the public information that had been told to me in a room just a few yards behind where we're located right now. I wrote down hand notes in detail about what everybody in that room told me in sequential order about what happened. And when I came out here on this stage and told the public what happened, it was a recitation of what people in that room told me, whether it be law enforcement officials or non-law enforcement officials, whatever the case may be. And as everybody has learned, the information that I was given turned out in part to be inaccurate. And I'm absolutely livid about that. And here's my expectation. My expectation is that the law enforcement leaders that are leading the investigations, which includes uh, the Texas Rangers and the FBI, they get to the bottom of every fact with absolute certainty. There are people who deserve answers the most. And those are the families whose lives have been destroyed. They need answers that are accurate. And it is inexcusable that they may have suffered from any inaccurate information whatsoever. And it is imperative that the leaders of the investigations about exactly what happened get down to the very second of exactly what happened with 100% accuracy and explain it to the public, but most importantly, to the victims who've been devastated. And I have a feeling that unlike some of the other school shootings, we may get to the bottom of this one, right? Because things just don't work the way they used to, deep state. You know, back when you had more control and it was more centralized and you had more people lined up to follow your demands, deep state, you could get away with operations on such a scale that um, would affect whatever outcome your agenda warranted. Now, I'm sure y'all have realized, as it has been mentioned abundantly by many, many people, that every operation and every agenda that the deep state, the globalists, the Western-backed forces are trying to implement are falling apart almost in real time. 
nothing is sticking. It's as if though Americans are becoming the next Teflon Dons, like mass Teflon Don psychosis, right? Like none of it's none of their crap is sticking with us. Like it's like it falls right off. It's like what? Oh yeah, no, that's stupid. And you know, so everyone is, and, and not to mention, everyone's like amped up. Everyone's like, the, everyone is waiting for something to happen. And it's not because they want to be the ones that catch the fraud or they want to be the ones that um, expose uh, the truth of the situation. It's because it's going to happen at some point. And, and everyone is so in gear with sharing information. And I think it may be some kind of subconscious level, you know, at some con- subconscious level, they're aware of the censorship and they're aware of the um, over discretion that's being forced on reporters and uh, journalists and those who share information and the crackdown on those who share genuine information, at least as genuine as we believe it to be, right? Thus giving birth to the alternatives and the independence, etc., because they may not read the alternatives, they may not watch independent media, but they are aware of its existence, right? So um, it's falling apart quick. And it's not to mention also, you know, you don't know if the, the agency you're working with is going to go along with it, right? Like the reporters that were actually reporting on what, I mean, like the people on the force, like the, the Border Patrol, for example, you know, where they're getting all this information that was totally the opposite of what um, Abbott was given, right? I believe primarily by the sheriff, whose picture we looked at, who um, was recently promoted to that position. And also, from what I understand, is the one who gave the Uvalde police force the, the um, command to stand down. Not stand down, to uh, preserve their own livelihood, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. So with all of that in mind, you know, um, it's, it's, it's all falling apart. Nothing is, is, nothing is working for them. Nothing is lasting. Their spell is broken. The spell has been rent asunder. And I think instead of being influenced by the, uh, by the drive-by egging that they're doing to us, what we're doing is basically just wiping off the yoke and pressing on. And maybe we're making an omelet or two out of their own... Uh, their own garbage, right? <laughs> so that's a big concern for them. And I'm pretty sure that's why Abbott was so pissed, you know, so pissed. Because if he really is, and yes, Rhino indeed he is, but if he really is in the know about operations, hypothetically speaking, as massive as that, he will not participate again if they do that to him again. And it's never going to happen again. Not, not, no, I bet you it would never happen with him again, unless it was something much more sacrificial than that and uh, something much more pending. But uh, getting back to the loser, Beto O'Rourke. Okay. Last story for the night, guys. And we're going to call it a wrap here. Um, now, now inspired by the likes of Jake Corman. No, just kidding. Right. Not just kidding. Just kidding. Not Jake Corman, not the rhino Jake Corman, who tried to use uh, election integrity to strengthen his platform in his upcoming campaign, which is now totally squashed dead and underground. No, no, no. Uh, a conservative would never make such a brash move, right? Um, a Republican rhino or not would never do such a thing as exploit a situation 
uh, a tragedy like what happened in Uvalde in order to push his own platform in the campaign he's it's almost as if though someone just placed it right on your gentle little soy boy beta lap beta o'rourke right a gift from satan lucifer above or below or as above so below right either way it encircles you beta satan placed a little gift he put he put a few a few little things under your pillow for all the children's teeth that you pulled and and hid under there for satan uh mr beta o'rourke he gave you a massacre in Texas, right, that he's going to exploit, exploit, and he's already doing it. Again, this narcissist knows no bound. This is what happens when people get hand-fed and a spoon-fed and handed everything in life, right? Because either they're rich or they're good-looking, right? Or they have some kind of charisma that everyone just goes with. The mentality that comes with an easy flowing river, right? That gives you no force of opposition, no obstacles, no nothing. Everything just comes to you, Beto, because you look like a retarded elf with like a, a 10 inch, you know what? And uh, you also are married to a billionaire, multi-billionaire family, okay? Right, so everything's just stacked up in your favor and now you are American psycho narcissist and uh, everyone sees it but yourself, Beto. Everyone sees it but yourself. Do I need to share with you his story? You know, he wrote a fictional story, guys. And it might have been when he was 15. And I'll admit, you know, when I was uh, 15, I was writing really, really pretentious and bad gothic poetry. I'm talking bad. And, you know, if an ounce of pretension is worth a pound of manure, I had a landfill's worth of it, guys, with the shit I used to write. No pun intended. But uh, his was bad. At least I never got that bad. At least I never wrote about the joy that I felt uh, uh, running a car into children and then, like, trying to murder an elderly person. And it was my right to have their happiness. That is Beta O'Rourke at 15. You don't believe me? I can share that story with you if you haven't heard it. it it's from 2019, okay? And he wrote this story when he was part of a hacker group from the 80s. <laughs> Who makes this crap up, right? <laughs> and then when I watched a panel of this hacker group from the 80s, like, and the 2000s, now that they're all old and you can tell that they work for the for DARPA and the CIA and whatever other government agencies that they're working for, you know, Beto was part of that, writing really bad stories and really bad poetry, you know, about milking cows and uh, rubbing their leche all over his balls. And, and, and killing children and feeling nothing but utter delight and euphoria from it. I'm not making this up, guys. I have the stories on my tab. Anyways, let's not get distracted because we're closing up the show after this, okay? We're closing up the show after this. Beto O'Rourke bets that Uvalde shooting will shake up the Texas governor's race because Beto's got eight inches on it, okay? All right, so... <laughs> <laughs> it says here, still mourning a Texas mass shooting Democrat, Beto O'Rourke gave his long shot campaign a jolt. By what? Organizing this mass shooting? Because that's what I would think. By imploring a national audience that it was finally time for real action to curb the proliferation of high powered guns in his home state and across America. That was 2019, and the former congressman was running for president when he declared during a debate, Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s! 
Weeks after a gunman targeting Mexican immigrants killed 23 people at a Walmart in O'Rourke's native El Paso. Last week, the following, following the massacre of night, last week, following the massacre, um, O'Rourke, now campaigning for governor, again briefly sees the national political spotlight. This time that meant crashing the news conference, the need-to-know informational news conference for the families, the victims, and the community and the people of Texas. Beto O'Rourke thought it was a good idea to be a little gay activist, right? And I use that term very loosely, obviously. I, obviously, I meant that in the way it was intended to sound, not against all homosexuals, although I wouldn't doubt that Beto O'Rourke Flies that way also, and if he does, stay out of my bedroom, okay? Anyhow, crashing this news conference um, that is by the man he wants to unseat, Governor Greg Abbott, and declaring in a moment of subsequently viewed widely online that the carnage was on you, Abbott, not on me because I dream about killing children because they don't deserve to be happy, and my party definitely had nothing to do with any types of such operations. And we definitely have anything to do with providing a safe space for active shooters. O'Rourke is betting that the tragedy can rest the gov- reset the governor's race in America's largest red state. This dude is so... Oh my goodness. He is so, so convoluted. He is just... This dude is messed up. Like, this dude... To, to believe and say all of this stuff has some crazy psychosis. And I don't mean crazy like he's crazy. I mean like it's a strong, fervent, formidable, omnipotent psychosis. That he probably really believes this. You know what? His handlers in the deep state were probably like, oh shit, we don't even have to MK Ultra this guy. He's good to go, right? That's probably what they're thinking with Beto O'Rourke, like... We didn't need to do anything to him. We didn't need to crack his... He was already a sodomist. We didn't need to crack his... Uh, we didn't need to compartmentalize his personality. This dude, he's good to go. He is a natural American psycho. There is no signs of MK Ultra in this fellow, okay? No signs of uh, trauma, nothing like that, right? Like, this man walks like... This is... Th- again... It's his moment to be alive. God put me here for this reason. <laughs> to exploit the dead children of Uvalde, Texas. Um, this is insane. Okay, so it's going to reset the governor's race. All of a sudden, everyone in Texas is going to be like, oh, we need to be blue because the children bleed red, right? And this is despite Abbott's twice previously winning elections by landslides and having begun the campaign with 55... You know, who cares about the money? Beto! Uh, when El Paso happened, did that affect your race anyway? Did, did, did Governor Abbott suddenly almost lose to some Democrat because of El Paso? Like, this guy is retarded. Uh, it did not work in 2019. Okay, well, apparently we're on the same page, dear article. O'Rourke's debate declaration won him praise from other Democrats on the stage, and then the stage got smaller, right? <laughs> But he dropped out of the race barely six weeks later. Aww. I actually pulled a video of his concession speech. I want to watch it so I can see all of the depths and layers of his psychosis and how crazy and and how he presents and shares that story. 
Anyhow, it says it's too early to figure out who's going to win, obviously. Um, and, uh, well, that's, that's basically the gist of this. Uh, it says supporters hope O'Rourke captures the magic that saw him because a national Democrat saw him become a national Democrat star and nearly upset Republican Senator Ted Cruz, who, who they look like, you know, they look like an elf, an elf in brotherhood, like a, a fat elf and a skinny elf from the same elf mother. Right. Um, in 2018. But since then, O'Rourke's White House bid fizzled. Um, President Donald Trump easily won Texas in 2020, and Democrats had ho- had hopped had hoped, sorry, to flip scores of congressional legislative seats in the state that year. Lost nearly every single top race, uh, and a Democrat has not won governorship since 1990. Right, so um, he's really thinking he's got it. Right, he's really thinking he has got it. Um, so, you know, since he's going there, right, um, since obviously Beto O'Rourke, aside from being totally delusional, convoluted, narcissistic, and psychotic to a degree, you know, or or maybe Beto O'Rourke is just not good at handling press conferences of this magnitude. I mean, he totally totally was out of line with Uvalde. But do any of you guys remember how he handled the El Paso one? Because <laughs> if you don't, I'm about to show you. And I think this will definitely be an enough said moment on Beto O'Rourke, ladies and gentlemen. And if you do remember it, I'm sure you are pushing back the spittle in your mouth that just came forward. Uh, let's check this out. It's extremely short. It's extremely inappropriate. And it shows you who Beto O'Rourke is. If you didn't see it before, you're about to see it now. We have just learned um, short- a while ago that there has been a shooting in El Paso. Um, and at, at this point, the area has still not been cleared. Um, it's still considered active. We know that um, it's a lot of injury, a lot of suffering uh, in El Paso right now. Um, I'm incredibly saddened, and it is very hard to think about this. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I'll tell you, um, El Paso is the strongest place in the world. Um, this community is going to come together. Uh, I'm going back there right now um, to be with my family and to be with my hometown. And uh, I, I want to thank um, the El Paso Police Department and, and the first responders. Um, they, they are they are there right now, um, and, and we're going back to be with them. Um, um, and uh, spoken to the the mayor of El Paso. D. Margo, I've spoken to Congresswoman Escobar, I've spoken to Sheriff Wiles. Um, they are all doing everything that they can. Um, and, and we're still learning um, information uh, about this situation. And so I just ask for, for everyone's strength for El Paso right now. Everyone's resolve to make sure that this does not continue to happen in, in this country. Um, and um, we'll be sharing more as I learn more 
going forward? Yeah, you know, Beto O'Rourke was in Las Vegas uh, um, uh, when this shooting in El Paso happened. Um, yeah, so um, do you guys think he went right back home to be with his family and his people and his community? I don't know. Maybe I couldn't judge that. Beto O'Rourke. Uh, yeah, so that obviously looks really bad, right? Laughing, laughing, laughing during this press conference, which really um, wasn't that much. I shouldn't do that because I use the word um a lot. Anyways, I try and be very conscious of it. That's not the point. Uh, you know, just watching it again in the context of him being a total narcissistic, psychotic American, treasonous American, um... See, um, uh, I was like, oh, you know, maybe he wasn't laughing at how diabolical and how evil and how tragic and how sad. Because some people were like, he's a demon. And that's why he's laughing. Right. That's how. Anyways, anyways. Um, I thought maybe the reason why he was laughing is because he's like, oh, shit. You know, my fans are going to be like. Beto doesn't know what to say and and doesn't know how to talk and it's embarrassing. Oh, you know, yeah, I'm imperfect too, right? It, it, I don't know. It's just, just who would do that unless they were just so self-involved with whatever reason it made him laugh. But either way, I mean, it was not as bad as the Sandy Hook parents, guys. That was bad. Okay, I mean, at least he was hung over from the night before, so it looked like. You know, his eyes were all moist with sadness and, uh, you know, cloudy, right? It probably wasn't, you know, any of the drinking or adrenochrome or anything like that, right? His eyes are like that. The Sandy Hook parents were bad, okay? And I'm not saying Sandy Hook wasn't real, but uh, the parents really were laughing on TV and then literally struggling to look sad and cry, right? That whole thing about internalizing emotions so that this way you can exhibit them in action. Eh, you either got it or you don't, right? And I don't know why those parents then needed to do that unless um, their segment of the tragedy was not 100% true. Anyways... We'll leave that there, ladies and gentlemen. We're not here to talk about Sandy Hook or anything else in that context. Uh, but that, as they say, ladies and gentlemen, is that. And I thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of The Sea Report, our Memorial Day episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, again, I apologize for coming on late today. I should be on earlier tomorrow. We're talking like, you know, the dinner time hours six, seven o'clock, somewhere right in there. So, you know, if you want to catch us live, there's a heads up on that. Oh, actually, I take it back. I take everything back. I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow at two in the afternoon. So maybe I will be seeing you guys here again about eight or nine o'clock central time again. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but hey, at least I still managed to give you just about three hours. And I think it was quality. But that's just, I'm biased, right? Anyways, guys, if you're watching this over at Rumble or at Clout Hub or at Twitch, please make sure you follow and subscribe. Please give us a thumbs up. Give us a rumble. Uh, I will get more clips on the shows coming out in case there were any points or, you know, any moments that you would like to share on your social platforms. And um, please do so. Uh, so I will be clipping out more. Uh, so this way it's digestible nuggets of information and or however it is that you perceive my show to be. 
Uh, but please do share whether it's a good review or a bad review. You know what I say? And uh, you can follow me over at Truth Social at Mr. C TV. That's MRC TV and Gab at MR underscore CTV. Go ahead and check out the C report.com. Uh, it's brand new and raring and ready to go. I'm quite satisfied with its, uh, its look now and the flow of it. Um, so I think you guys will too. I think you guys will like it a lot. I think on the website uh, side of things, Mr. C, Mr. C TV, the C report is ready to go. Okay. That level, uh, the C report.com go and check it out. Make sure you check out the podcast. If you have a Spotify, if you have any other major podcasting or, uh, radio, um, radio, um, uh, apps where you can hear podcasts, look up the C report. We're on most, if not all of them, except for iHeartRadio, and you can get the rendition of tonight's show on the podcast in case you're taking me on the go. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, I've got to skedaddle. It's already the midnight hour, and uh, it's been quite a day. And like I said, got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. So with that said, guys, as always, be safe, be blessed. Thank you for being here again. And God bless America. We'll see you next time. Take care until then.